0: Welcome to the Green Renine Publishing Podcast. Since the year 2000, Green Renine has been at the forefront of the hobby game industry. This podcast brings that world to life with news, interviews, and opinions direct from the Emerald City. Join us as we talk about role-playing games, card games, conventions, game design, and all things Green Ronin.
1: Hello and welcome
0: to episode 6 of the Green Ronin podcast. This is Chris Premus, and I uh, will be your sort of spectral host today, because the guts of this show were recorded a couple of weeks ago at the Game of Trade show, and I had already left Las Vegas by the time the uh, recording was done, so uh, Nicole Linders uh, led the discussion with uh, Steve Kenson and Bill Bodden, both stalwart Green Marine employees. Um, it was recorded in a large room where apparently there were some workers and things, so every once in a while you might hear a thump or some background noise, and that's what that is all about, just to warn you. Uh, the show itself was recorded on uh, April 24th, uh, day after Game Trade Show closed, and uh, I'm recording this on May 2nd, um, so Nicole will take it away here in a second, and then... After uh, the discussion, I will be back to uh, add an addendum. So take it away, Nicole.
1: Welcome to Green Lanin's podcast, live from the Gamma Trade Show. Um, Chris is not with us today, so I will be the somewhat moderator of our little discussion. This is Nicole Linders, the general manager of Green Lanin. And with me today are Bill Bodden, our sales manager, and everything developer, Steve Jensen. Hey, everybody. So, we've been at uh, the Gamma Trade Show for the last couple of days and seen a lot of stuff. Um, We had some good response to some of our upcoming products.
2: Yeah, folks seem uh, very excited about all the stuff that we've got coming up uh, over the summer. Um, Song of Ice and Fire role-playing, the Wild Cards campaign source book for Mutants and Masterminds, and uh, the revised edition of True 20, Uh, so people seem to be really looking forward to everything we've got coming up. Retailers said that folks in their stores uh, were really interested in all the stuff we've got coming out, so it was a very positive response.
3: People were also really excited to hear that Song of Ice and Fire is going to be its own system. It's Mm. not going to rely on any any other engine, so that's...
1: G- got good really feedback positive, on that.
2: Very yeah, positive feedback on that. Yeah, a lot of people. Uh, we got a lot of you know like thank you for that sort of responses from folks. So that's that's really great.
1: We also had some really uh, positive news and feedback in the in the form of the Origins Awards because uh, the uh, the semi finalists were announced here at GTS and uh, we had four products from our catalog that were. Honored in the semifinals. The uh, the retailers are we're we're in the stage now where the retailers vote to to come up with the list of nominees that will be voted on at Origins. So we're looking forward to the announcement of uh, who makes the next stage. Mm -hmm.
2: So uh, what did we get for semifinalists? It was
1: Pirates Guide to Freeport. Mm -hmm.
3: Um, Hobby Games, the 100 Best.
1: Walk the Plank.
3: And Fairy's Tale Deluxe. Well,
1: yep. Firefly Games, excellent. Uh,
3: <coughs> which is a, a pretty diverse
2: range of products when you it, think about it.
1: It is, yeah. Um, those are also all the products that we had uh, given over to Gamma for their traveling roadshow of Origins well, games. Of so between Gen Con and GTS, whenever Gamma was at a convention, um, showing off the organization or talking about their conventions or whatever, they had a little room of uh, Origins submissions for people to look at and go through. So those are all products that people got to take a look at. It was a surprisingly um, full of forethought on mm-hmm. on Gamma's behalf.
2: Cool. <laughs> Indeed. And so we understand from Gamma that they are going to be tallying up the votes on the semi-finalists um, at the end of the show um, and that uh, there should be news um, fairly soon as far as the, the final nominees.
1: That's right. Probably by the time this podcast is up, we'll mm-hmm. actually have heard who goes to the next round.
3: We'll have to put a little tag on the end letting everybody know
1: what happened. Yeah. Yes, we should. Evan, do that. <laughs> 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 uh, okay. Well, um, we had two books that were just newly in the warehouse when Gamma Trade Show hit. And uh, if we had known one of them was going to be there, we could have had samples here for, for our retail friends to look at. Mm-hmm. But we did end up getting one of them in. And um, and I guess, Steve, this is where I'll hand it off to you to talk about our two new releases.
2: So we've got um, Worlds of Freedom um, for Mutants and Masterminds, which is our, our book of uh, parallel universes and time travel um, that... Uh, Takes uh, a bunch of different looks and different takes on the the Freedom City setting, ranging from historical stuff uh, by uh, Christopher McLaughlin, who's done a lot of uh, great work for us in the past, uh, to uh, you know the classic comic book staples of of the the world where the Axis won World War II and uh, the planet inhabited entirely by apes, and the parallel Earth where all the superheroes are evil. Um, and it has all sorts of really great bits. Um, Scott Benny uh, did a wonderful uh, chapter on the Terminus um, that's a, a very Kirby-esque um, style riff on uh, the evil um, dimensional destroying villain Omega and all of his uh, sycophantic minions. And uh, it's, a, it's a really fun book with a lot of, a lot of different things for, for folks uh, to make use of in their games. And after Worlds of Freedom, uh, we've got the uh, Book of Magic for Mutants and Masterminds, which is shipping at the same time. Uh, And uh, Book of Magic is our uh, big magic source book uh, for Mutants and Masterminds that covers the whole genre of comic book magic, uh, from uh, the Doctor Strange types uh, all the way uh, through to the... um, types of characters like uh, Constantine and more of the, the Vertigo-style uh, comics. And uh, it's got, uh, like our other genre books, it has a uh, Freedom City chapter at the end that provides a, an example of how to use all the material in the book and provides more detail on that particular aspect of the World of Freedom setting. Um,
1: so is it a, a player-oriented book?
2: Well, all the genre books are, are a combination of player and game master-oriented material, Um, So, like our other genre books like Golden Age, um, Book of Magic starts off with an overview of the genre itself and the history of magic in the comics. Um, Has a chapter that talks about how to create magical characters, providing more detail on skills and feats and powers and all the various character traits that you'd want to know. Expanded options and character archetypes for players uh, who are creating uh, magical characters. Then a chapter for game masters on how to run magical games uh, with villain archetypes and supporting cast and in Book of Magic a fairly substantial selection of different magical creatures that are good for minions and uh, uh, summoned up opponents uh, for uh, heroic sorcerers um, cool. and then we, we finish off with the, uh, the Freedom City uh, chapter uh, that Game Masters can use as a resource in their Freedom City games or just as, as stuff to pull from uh, to have additional characters and villains uh, to use in their, their own game settings
1: very nice. Um, something that didn't quite make the show, but is is coming up, is uh, True Twenty Revised. Can mm-hmm. I pick your brain about that a little bit?
2: It came about when we were um, we had sold through the the print run of uh, True Twenty Role Playing.
1: Kind of unexpectedly, uh, right? Well,
2: qu- quite unexpectedly, and so we were um, faced with the question of reprinting it, uh, and we had to decide whether or not we were going to uh, simply do a straightforward reprint uh, and reprint the book as is, if we were going to uh, correct all of the uh, errata uh, that we had found to date, um, or if, um, if we were going to go ahead and do that um, if we didn't want to update the book in some way. So uh, we decided that uh, it would be a good idea to take the material in the uh, True 20 Companion, which really expanded the options for using the game and really provided a lot more detail for the different genres. Uh, And It was a very popular resource uh, among True 20 fans um, and include that uh, into part of the core rulebook. So to uh, make some space, we took out the the sample settings uh, from the, the core rulebook And replace that material with the chapters uh, from the uh, True 20 Companion, um, providing a a really comprehensive, complete, detailed rulebook that provides you with all sorts of tools and resources for adapting True 20 to use in different genres from fantasy and science fiction to uh, action-adventure and horror. with all sorts of examples and expanded options. Uh, so it, it creates a really nice, complete package uh, that's very updated, but still uh, the same game system. Uh, we didn't uh, actually change uh, any of the game systems themselves. We just cleaned up uh, any so, of the known errata. Right.
1: Like. So we should stress that this is a revision. Mm-hmm. It is not a new edition. Nope. It's it's, uh, it's material that's been cleaned up. If there's been any errata that came up since the printing, we've
2: fixed right. that. Right.
1: But it's uh, it's the same True Twenty everyone knows and Those, loves.
2: Uh, indeed, and, and folks who already have the uh, True Twenty Adventure Role Playing Rulebook and the companion don't need this revised edition. They have all the material that is in the revised edition. All the revised edition does is combine all that material in one, you know, convenient package with uh, a little bit more polish on it to to make sure everything is is cleaned up.
1: That's excellent. And Bill, that's coming in uh, in May, so you'll be...
3: should be coming in the first half of May, yeah.
1: That's great. So I guess uh, I would like to talk a little bit about the Origins Awards as the mm-hmm. former chairman of the uh, the Academy way back when. Mm-hmm. I have a fondness for the Origins Awards as I've watched them develop over the years. The system is a little different now than it was when I was uh, in charge, but... Mm-hmm. Um, but it seems to have worked two years in a row, which is pretty exciting. That's yeah, a good track yeah. record.
2: And like we were saying, you know, I mean, we've got a we've got a pretty diverse range of of semifinalists. Uh, you know, we've got a uh, you know a fairly traditional role playing book, although unusual in the fact that it's one of the first you know system neutral you know role playing books. You know, a card game, uh, a you know what could be you know called a non-fiction book about games.
1: It absolutely is a non-fiction um, book.
2: And, you know, and, uh, you know a, a, a role-play, a very non-traditional role-playing game that's, that's aimed at a much younger audience. Uh, so, I mean, that's a, that's a pretty wide range of things um, to all, you know, fall into that, you know, broader range of the, the hobby industry.
1: Kind of breaks us out of the uh, green Ronin does D twenty uh, mold, doesn't mm-hmm. it?
2: In a yeah. big way, yeah. It yeah. Does. yeah, especially considering that that none of those things are D twenty products.
1: Not a one. So uh, we have the Pirates' Guide to Freeport mm-hmm. is in, and uh, and that is completely statless, uh, systemless book. Yeah. Just uh, information on the setting and characters and mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. adventure hooks and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And then uh, uh, we've released some companion books to go with that for right, different systems. Right. There are some other ones that are being worked on this PDF, are, right? There
2: are. Um, we, we've released the um, D20 Freeport Companion and the True 20 Freeport Companion, um, which are you know great resources uh, for folks who want to use uh, Freeport in those games. And we have uh, other uh, Freeport Companions in the works um, the Savage Worlds uh, Freeport Companion is is wrapping up and should be releasing in PDF pretty soon now. Uh, probably, in fact, by the time this podcast is up, uh, it'll be available. Um, and that's a great resource because because Freeport um, actually meshes really well uh, with the the overall feel and style of Savage Worlds. And anyone who's been familiar with uh, the um, Pirates of the Spanish Main. Uh, adaptation of Sam- Savage Worlds will find that stuff fits in wonderfully uh, with Freeport as a setting, um, and I know we've also got a uh, uh, Castles and Crusades uh, companion uh, in the works for Freeport. I have heard that rumor for folks <laughs> for folks who prefer their you know fantasy Freeport more old school. Uh, we've got some options uh, coming along for that, and. You know, we're always, um, you know, looking at uh, what our options are uh, for for companion products for Freeport because it's it's a setting that adapts really well to all different sorts of fantasy. Um, so we're we're always interested in hearing from from publishers and designers who are who are looking to you know possibly adapt a, a companion for Freeport and use it as a setting.
1: Sure. Well, Freeport's been. Was created in that vein to be dropped into any campaign mm-hmm. right from the beginning. Exactly, and it's seen a lot of homes over the years. Right, and it's so. found
2: its way into into like Arcanus yeah. uh, from from Paradigm, and uh, a number of and people have talked about all the various different home settings that they've dropped Freeport into. So
1: and then um, Bill Fairy's Tale we've we picked that up. And we were, we became the publishers of the deluxe edition for um, for Firefly, uh, who designed the original
3: the fairy's tale is is uh a really interesting product for us because it's it's uh it's aimed at younger kids uh it's the, probably the best way to look at it is it's it's sort of an introductory level rpg i mean it's it's laid out in in very simple terms it's not uh condescending to its audience but it's it's very basic and it covers you know some of the uh, the sort of ground-level concepts of role-playing to help kids get started. Um, and we've had a lot of positive feedback from it at, at the booth and at other shows, um, people who are saying, yes, this is great, this has been needed in the industry for a long time, and it's, it's really rewarding to hear that.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: I think one of the interesting <coughs> things about Fairy's Tale
2: is I know a lot of gamers now who have young kids Um, And, uh, you know, may very well be looking for a way to, you know, share, you know, their gaming experience with their kids, but, um, you know, want something that they can introduce them to that's simpler and more, you know, friendly to a younger audience
1: Yeah, there aren't exactly um, uh, role-playing game t-ball leagues. Right. You know, there's no little league of (laughs) role-playing to sign the kids up for.
2: Exactly. And, you know, Fairy's Tale has, you know, a nice emphasis on um, having some, you know, non-violent problem-solving solutions. Cooperative effort and emphasis on characters being courageous and brave and true to their friends and... Uh, you know not necessarily solving you know their all their problems by bashing each other over their heads. Um, you know there's a lot of that fairy tale aspect of of riddles and challenges and things like that um, that uh, make fairy tales themselves so appealing to kids so I think that it's it's something that that kids will find that they can really get into
1: well the uh, the origins recognition for Walk the Plank is the thing that I was really the most excited about personally because I'm an old-time, old-style gamer, old-style card games and uh, dominoes and things with my family in the summers and so on. So, um, so when I saw the prototype for Walk the Plank, I got it right away. I was really excited about it. A trick-taking game, really based on simple icons and colors kids can play. As a mom, I love to see things that we can, can play with our family.
2: Unlike some of us who are like, you know, there are no combat or character advancement rules. <laughs> so how can we play this game?
1: I like those too, but yeah, exactly. So, um, so yeah, it was really rewarding to see that uh, it was recognized in the card game category. I'm really hoping it makes the cut for uh, for the actual awards mm-hmm. um, because you know it's, it mm-hmm. fills a niche and it's. Yeah. Uh,
3: yeah.
2: For, for me, the whole thing that, that really makes um, Walk the Plank is, is uh, Ramsey Hong's
1: artwork. I love his art, his yeah. little monkeys, and yeah, uh, yeah. The, uh, the cover art with all of its uh, cute little elements. I loved it. Just loved it. I think it's adorable. There we go. Me being a girl. <laughs> Somebody's got to do it. I
2: was going to say, better you than me, Nick.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'll take that bullet for you, Steve. Um, and then you know the also in the nonfiction category we've got uh, Hobby Games 100, which uh, Jim Lauder did such an excellent job putting together.
3: Yeah, and, and no small task either.
1: No, no, incredible.
3: It was a lot of wrangling to you, to get get all those articles put together, get, uh, get them edited and and slapped together in the book. The
1: uh, one of Gary's last uh, Gary Gygax's last
3: uh, mm, last published pieces.
1: Pu- published pieces, yeah, opinion pieces
3: the uh really the the core of that book is just love of games in general and it's uh, uh, it's been a, a good uh, tool for retailers to help them understand some of the games they might not know about um, and be able to point the book out to uh, customers for you know, giving them further information
2: mm-hmm. I certainly learned a lot. From reading the the various essays, you know, about lots of stuff about games I never even heard of, and a lot of, you know, sort of background detail about games that I, I had known and, you know, loved for years.
1: It was also neat for me to see the unexpected favorites from some of these guys. Yes, you know.
2: Well, and I think it was it was very wise of Jim to insist on the, one of the ground rules for the book was that uh, you had to pick a game to write about that you you as a creator, designer publisher, had not been involved with in any way that you had no investment in, so you hadn't produced it or published it designed it yeah. so it was it was really interesting to see what games folks picked, given that you know as their favorites
1: I love the idea of uh, the game designer who says well. Uh my favorite games are mine. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, of course, we all have our favorite things that we've worked on, sure. but but uh who's out there that can't find something to talk about that's influenced them or that they oh, were yeah. fond of? Absolutely.
3: And it's a really nice mix of of nostalgia and and sort of current uh you know, deconstruction of how games work and mm-hmm. what people like about games and the the various authors talking about a little, a little bit about their game groups and their style of play. And just they're, they're fun reads, and each each one of the essays is you know, like two to three pages long, so they're 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 pretty pretty bite-sized mm-hmm. morsels. Really easy to, mm-hmm. to John digest.
1: Tynes told me that he um, bought a copy for everyone on his design team uh, in his computer game job because he oh. thought that it gave such a good perspective of. Uh, you know design and gaming and just mm-hmm. what you're saying right um, so I, again it's really nice to see it's not just a couple of individual people or people mm-hmm. r- really connected to the game industry that are appreciating this book I'm, right
2: I'm yeah it's all sort of a whole retrospective on you know where the hobby has come from to, to bring us right up to the present
1: so fingers crossed for some uh, some origins nominations for that I'm
3: yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, Pins absolutely. and needles,
1: waiting to hear what I they think, decide.
3: I think we've got really good products. It'll give us. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> <coughs> oh, so, uh
1: huh. Well, so after that, I mean, um, we've got uh, Origins itself coming up. Origins, the convention. That's where we'll find out uh, the finals. If mm-hmm. we if we make the nominees, they'll pick. We've got some other things coming up at Origins.
2: Yep. Uh, yeah, we've got some pretty exciting stuff coming up. Um, we've got, um, just before Origins, uh, we've got the um, Free RPG Day promotion.
1: That's right, Free RPG <coughs> Day.
2: And uh, that's going to be a, uh, a group of publishers who are going pr- pr- all producing special um, one-time only products uh, that are only going to be available for this promotion.
1: And um, this is based on the Free, uh, free Comic Day. Yeah, I right. Mean, the Free Comic Day promotion, by, like, That same model. model. Yeah, yeah. Exactly.
3: Yeah.
2: Right. Um, where folks will be able to go into their local game store and choose from this, this selection of products produced by different RPG publishers um, that are all intended at giving somebody a taste of a particular game system or a particular product line or style of product that you know folks might not have otherwise tried. Um, Risk free. Uh, Exactly, exactly. You can't, you know, it doesn't get much better than free. For uh, our offering for uh, free RPG day, uh, we have the uh, quick start rules uh, for our new Song of Ice and Fire role playing, um, which is the RPG based on uh, George Martin's uh, best selling line of fantasy novels and has been at least from the the reaction uh, here at the Gamma Trade Show eagerly anticipated. A lot of folks have come by telling us how much they're they're looking forward to seeing the game and um, we had some proofs of the the Quick Start for folks to page through at our booth and they seemed very enthusiastic uh, about what they had to see. The Quick Start is a 32 page book that provides you with everything you need to get started playing the game it has a complete summary of the rules uh, and uh, I'm pleased that we were able to come up with a game system for Song of Ice and Fire that you can pretty completely describe in just you know 15 or 20 pages then uh, some sample characters and a short adventure for them to play through that provides a number of different encounters where you can test out the different game systems ranging from the simple tests of the character's abilities to the interaction or, and intrigue rules for dealing with other characters all the way up through the combat systems uh, for when the characters get involved in a fight. So it's, it's a really pretty comprehensive taste of uh, what the game will be like.
1: Yeah, I saw a ton of people really perk up when they found out, if, especially retailers who are participating in Free RPG Day. When they were able to look and see what they were going to be getting, they seemed really genuinely pretty excited about mm-hmm. it. So yep. that was rewarding to see.
3: Spectacular art in this book too. It's really going to be eye popping. People get a look at it. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Well, I know that um, George has some very specific ideas about what he wants to see in the art. Like he, he. Approves art that meets his standard or his idea of what that character looks like, and uh, right. and so Hal's done a really good job of, um, mm-hmm. of of making that come to life. I I agree. Absolutely, the art's been really absolutely. I mean,
2: he, well, he has he obviously has a very clear vision of his world. George does. Yes, indeed, that he's spent so much time in and. I think that we also really everybody knows we like to put out really attractive products. We do. Uh, So and you know this this uh, quick start rule set is certainly no exception. Uh, It's got some very nice uh, artwork and some also some really nice uh, color maps. So for Origins itself, we have the Wild Cards campaign setting for Mutants and Masterminds, uh, which is also licensed uh, from George Martin, uh, who is the editor of the Wildcard series. And uh, Wildcards is a, a big four co- a big full-color uh, hardcover book in the same format as the other Mutants and Masterminds campaign settings like Freedom City and Paragons. It uh, provides a ton of detail about the, the setting and characters of the books themselves. John uh, Joss Miller, uh, who's one of the original Wild Cards authors and has been working on the series throughout its life, uh, wrote the uh, bulk of the book, and I did the um, game information material in the book. And uh, John obviously has a a pretty unique perspective on the Wild Cards world and characters, knows uh, everything from the inside from the very beginning, and provides a lot of really great detail uh, and information uh, about it book is packed uh, with material, and so folks will find um, dozens of character profiles, a complete uh, history of the series itself. Um, John did a great index of the appearances and mentions of every character and major event in oh, the series Bless him. <laughs> that uh, will provide this really comprehensive index for anybody who wants to look up anything in any of the book's uh, you can you can look up a particular character and find a listing of every story, wild card story that they're mentioned in, um, so that you can go back and check the references uh, for additional detail. Nice. So it's going to be a very comprehensive book.
1: Good for fans of the series. Yeah. So for people who aren't familiar with wild cards, which you know some of our younger listeners may not be, mm-hmm. um, that would not be me the younger listeners. Uh, um, can, you, uh, can you run down a little bit of uh, what the setting's like?
2: Sure. Uh, wild cards is basically a sort of alternate history setting wherein, just after World War II in 1946, uh, an alien virus is released on Earth that causes random mutations. Um, and because the effects of the virus are random, it's, it gets tagged as the Wildcard virus. So a lot of its effects um, start getting referred to with playing card terms. Uh, The the few people who survive the the virus, um, most of them are terribly mutated in different random ways, and those people start to get referred to as jokers. Uh, The small percentage of survivors um, who are uh, not hideously mutated by it uh, gain various superhuman powers, and they're referred to as Aces. And the series covers um, the uh, alternate history of the world from that point all the way up to the present day, and looks at the effects of the uh, presence of the Aces and Jokers on history as we know it, uh, and presents uh, an interesting twist on a lot of the, the typical comic book superhero tropes of what people with superpowers uh, were going to do with them. The nice thing about wildcards is that even for folks who aren't familiar with the series, although they're a great series of books and you know, recommend checking them out, uh, the, the book, the campaign-setting book, is also a great resource for Mutants and Masterminds players and game masters. Just because it's a book packed with dozens and dozens of new characters that you could use, even if you're not using a uh, running a Wild Cards game, you could pull versions of those characters into your other Mutants and Masterminds games and use them as examples or are entirely
0: new characters.
1: Well, sounds awesome. I look forward to the final result at Origins.
0: So that was our coverage from Game of Trade Show. Uh, you'll be seeing us again at Origins. And uh, between now and then, uh, we've got several products coming out. Um, and I've also got a couple of updates on things that were discussed during that podcast. Um, so first of all, the uh, Origins Award nominees have been announced and uh, of the four semi-finalists three of our products have become uh, actual nominees. So the Pirate's Guide to Freeport, Fairy's Tale Deluxe, and Hobby Games the 100 Best all received nominations for which we are uh, very proud. To celebrate our nominations uh, we're going to be having a sale on our web store where uh, all the nominated products uh, are going to be five dollars off. We're going to be including in the sale Walk the Plank uh, which we're told missed a nomination by just like two or three votes so close but no fourth cigar for us in the origins award this year but it's a really fun game and uh, i do recommend that you check it out Um, another thing mentioned in the podcast was the savage world's freeport companion since that was recorded that has been finished and has released in uh, pdf form you can get it also in our online store or any of the one bookshelf stores Um, we may do a print version depending on pdf sales uh, but for the moment it is a pdf only item um, Savage Worlds is a good match for Freeport, uh, it's, it's got a nice uh, you know, action-oriented, fun feel to it and that fits in well with uh, Freeport's whole aesthetic. Um, so those of you who are into Savage Worlds and you want a fantasy setting with you know, Lovecraftian elements and pirates, uh, check Freeport out! Um, longtime Freeport fans may also be interested in Buccaneers of Freeport, uh, which is the latest of our systemless sourcebooks. That has released in PDF format and is at print as I'm recording this, so it should be out in May. Uh, that book details eight uh, notorious pirate captains um, and it provides uh, history and personality of the captains as well as details of their ship and crew. So there's a deck plan for each of their ships, talks about their first mates and other interesting uh, people on the crew. Um, we've got uh, authors on that project, like uh, Ari Marmel and Rodney Thompson. Um, there's a lot of guys who are now working on 4th uh, edition stuff uh, at Wizards. So uh, you 4E fans may want to check out this work as well. Since this was recorded, there was also a bit of news about the uh, game system license for 4th edition D&D, but uh, we think that really kind of deserves a, a more in-depth treatment, so we're going to deal with that on a following show. So that's it for now. Thanks for listening to the Green Read Podcast. And we will see you next time. This podcast is copyright Green Learning Publishing, music by Bombscare, courtesy of the Podsafe Music Network.